The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye and Andrew Gross. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad. Well, let's talk about your weight. I almost don't want to do this. Unhealthy <laughs> weight, it's a big problem in Canada. We all know that. It's uh, skyrocketed over the past 40 years. Back in 1978, about 14% of Canadian adults qualified as obese. Well, that number climbed to about 28% in 2014. And then in 2017, that percentage jumped to 64%. To take a closer look, we're joined by Heidi Bates, the director of the University of Alberta Integrated, Integrated Dietetic Internship. Hi, Heidi. Hey, Jay, how's it going? Good. Okay, once again, uh, Heidi, for those of you who don't have a clue what your job title means, can you explain it? (laughs) So um, in Alberta, well, in most of Canada, but in Alberta specifically to become a registered dietitian, you have to complete a four-year undergraduate degree, but you also have to do a full year of internship or practicum training. So my job at the University of Alberta is to supervise all of our students in Alberta who are training to be registered dietitians and out there in communities all over Alberta, uh, learning the ropes from uh, dietitians who are already in practice. Like right. you. Yeah, there you go. So now we've defined you. Let's uh, define <laughs> obese. Has the definition of obese changed, and that's the reason that this number has jumped, or is there a specific definition we've always had? Yeah, no, we're, the definition hasn't changed. So um, Obesity means that if we calculate your what's known as your body mass index, so body mass index is a comparison of weight to height to your risk for chronic disease uh, problems, that mathematically that number will come out at 30 or higher. And so it hasn't changed. Unfortunately, what we're seeing is I think our lifestyles have changed. And... Um, you know, there's there's a lot of things in the in the world around us that are making it uh, far easier for people to put on weight and and make it really difficult too to manage your weight. To be fair, on the other side, but Heidi, is that BMI like a, a real legit way to determine whether someone is obese or not? Because there's well, a, some people who are like, uh. Uh-uh. Well, I'm going to say that it is. I mean, the, the available scientific evidence points. To that, there's kind of an area where, you know, and I do, you guys might know, I do a lot of work with athletes, and, mm-hmm. and certainly we have athletes who are carrying a lot of muscle who might have a body mass index that's just slightly above that, the healthy cut point, which is 24.9. Uh, but once you get above 30, and especially if the number's getting really um, far away from 30, the likelihood that you're just carrying a lot of muscle is. Um, <laughs> Is, is less is less likely, let's put it that way. And so, you know, we need something as a standard, as a cut point, and, and the BMI holds true for that. Um, there's some things that it's used for that it's not appropriate for, but, but in this case, it's a okay. good cut point. It's universally used, too. Okay. So, I wanted to get your thoughts on this, Heidi. So as a result of uh, the activism of people like you, dietitians specifically, who have insisted and, and rallied to have the contents and ingredients and... Uh, the fat and all that specified on the side of products or to have the information out there about fast food or that kind of thing, that's a big victory and, until you realize that the people reading it are not dietitians. <laughs> right, and I think, you know, to me, the heart of this problem is just, you know, putting things on labels and showing things on menus, you know, can give people pause. They may not always understand that information, but sometimes you just realize 
that seems like a very large number. That might not be a good choice, you know. Um, you, you can kind of do that, but we, we just live in a world where, you know, we're surrounded by food at all times in a way that, you know, probably when our parents were growing up or even when we were kids, that wasn't the deal. Um, you know, we've got a lot of mechanization put into our lives where some of the common tasks that we used to do, you know, like snow blowing on the weekend, used to be, you know, the only choice was out there with the shovel burning those calories up. Now we have, you know, snow blowers and heated driveways and so on that make life easier for us, but they're actually taking away our opportunity to burn calories. And so you kind of pair up, you know, lack of opportunity to burn calories in a world where you're surrounded by food, and you can see it's it's not a really good story, right? Well, you know what I, I would add to that? is the convenience of Uber Eats and Skip the Dishes yep. and all these delivery services have made it even easier where you might have thought, oh, I don't want to get in the car and, you know, drive over. I'll just whip something up in the kitchen. Now, in the same amount of time, it can be delivered to your door. So, I don't know, it seems like it's becoming almost impossible to avoid temptation. We, we really have to, you know, take a look at, at the problem and go, okay, it is a problem and and start to, to maybe rein back on things, in my opinion. I mean, if you guys think about when you were growing up, I know, like I grew up in Alberta and Saskatchewan, going out for dinner or treats, like, happened occasionally, mm-hmm. but if you were a kid, like, it hardly ever happened, really. Or it didn't and happen enough. <laughs> yeah, no, and, you know, it. and now things are very, you know, we people don't cook as much because you don't need to really um you know there's like you're saying andrew there's many opportunities to to have it brought to you you don't even have to necessarily well, get in the car and go that, get it that right? the fact if you price it out and we get this when we have this conversation we hear this every time and it's true sometimes when you price out whatever meal from whatever fast food place and what people believe it would cost to put together a healthy meal at home they believe the fast food's actually not only is it more convenient but cheaper well, and I think I think some of that comes from lack of of understanding too, because um, you know I listen all the time and I hear you talk about your mom being a war bride, and I'm pretty sure she probably could have made dinner out of anything. Hey, you know? listen, if it if it still had if it she never bought anything didn't have a bone, I'll tell you that because you boiled it, you put it with cubes, you made soup. You're yeah. right, like she could make a meal out of anything. Yeah, and and. And many of us had, you know, that kind of experience, and we've moved a long way away from cooking. So people sometimes think that it's impossible to eat well, but if you kind of keep it simple, you know, um, and really maybe let's take a step back to simpler meals where, you know, we don't have to be on the Food Network to have dinner. (laughs) We can just cook, like, basic you know, some type of meat or meat alternative, some type of potatoes or rice or something, and then a vegetable, and and restructure our plate to to be more like what we call a healthy plate. Then, you know, we sort of developed a palate for really avant-garde foods and flavors and tastes and things that nobody can really make at home. And so then we're ordering out, and and you know, we run into that. 
conundrum again. But we're also like, despite all of all of that, we're also surrounded with a zillion and one different ways to lose weight. You know, it's like at <laughs> yeah. times which it's none work, but yeah. uh, <laughs> <laughs> two, you of, know? two of which are partially yeah. successful. And yeah. it, you know, it's it's like it's like drinking water out of a fire hose half the time. It's like, oh, this works, this works. Oh, do this, do that, do that, and you know, oh, walk thirty minutes a day, do this, and it's just I don't know. Well, there was a study this week, yeah. Heidi, that said that we're pretty much hardwired to be lazy and lay on the couch. Yeah, that if you were lazy, that meant you were human. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I mean, I I often say this because I think it's sort of true, and it it's it's kind of true in animals. Like you know, we we conserve our energy, right? And so if things are made to be really easy for us, human beings are going to kind of take the path of least resistance, if you know what I'm saying. <laughs> oh, and we know so, what you're saying. Yeah. yeah. And so, you know, th- this is our challenge in a modern world is we just have to realize that, you know, if things have really changed in the way that we live. Uh, you can drive through and do everything out of your car or literally now with things like skip the dishes and Uber Eats and so on, like not even have to leave your home to do stuff that used to take people hours to do and mm. actual manual labor in some cases to do it. And, you know, we just don't live in that kind of a world anymore. And so we have to, to protect our health because the health implications of obesity for individual people and for our communities are, are really pretty significant. We, we have to start to think about how we live in a different way. And we're just we kind of have a lag between what the world is like and how we're thinking about it. You know, it's yeah. interesting because I, I was thinking as you were speaking and, and back to your point about all these different ways to lose weight, it's it's really, in my mind, not a matter of not enough information. It's a matter of too much information and too much conflicting information in terms of what is good, what is bad, what are the yep. right portion sizes, what, you know, if, if not for my wife. I mean, any time that we've got any kind of diet together, well, no, she's telling you. To she's telling me yeah. what I should be eating yeah. because, you know, honestly, listen, go ahead, get ready to laugh. So, I mean, the first time I tried to diet on my own, I, I ordered a great big Caesar salad and I went, well, this is, it's green. So, you know, that's got to be good. And then, <laughs> right. you know, Carol was like, you might as well be eating chocolate cake. Well, yeah, but if you're doing the keto diet, the Caesar salad's <laughs> absolutely fine. Right. See what I mean, though? Yep. One guy yeah. says this, this yep. lady says that. Yeah. Well, and as, I mean, I've been a dietitian for a while because <laughs> um, I'm not 20 but um, I mean honestly in my career I would agree I mean the, it's not a lack of information in fact it's to the point where I think some things that are actually fairly straightforward we've managed to make very difficult mm-hmm. and the reality is I mean we need to move more and more often and we need to, to get back to you know basic healthy foods and and recognize start to really be more thoughtful about what is really things that really probably should just be once in a while treats versus you know two three times a day injections like if you think about special coffees (laughs) you know when i trained as a dietitian we were trained to ask people do you take you know milk or sugar in your coffee or tea or so on it didn't even occur to anybody that we would create a coffee or tea that has as many calories in it as a you know piece of cheesecake. But mm-hmm. that's where we are now. Yeah. yeah. And you know we we need to start thinking about food in that way, and 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 ask ourselves, okay, what's the chance if it's got whipped cream and sprinkles and syrup that's the same as black coffee? 
So, you know, let me ask you this that's, then. That's a dessert. Yeah, that yeah, sounded great, is. by that's the way. That's like a Sunday that you should get a, d- a, d- a DQ. <laughs> it's just, just not frozen. Yeah, would your recommendation be then for somebody, for anybody out there listening, that maybe pick one thing? Like maybe, without having to understand everything, pick one thing. Yeah. Get rid of specialty coffee for a month. Yeah, like if that's, you know, take a look and go start. I always tell people start, you know, with the low-hanging fruit, so to speak, um, and and pick the thing that, you know, you think you could make a difference on and, and cut it back. And this and something that's not going to be, you know, be the deal breaker in your diet. So maybe for some people it might be soft drinks or alcohol. For other people it might be special coffees. Well, that was just crazy talk there just a second ago. <laughs> or pizza. Yeah, um, oh, man. I know. Uh, but, you know, figure for yourself, right? Everybody's mm-hmm. a bit different. And then, you know, kind of decide what, what hill you want to die on and, and keep some. If, it, if it's something that you absolutely really love, you know, keep it and then really enjoy it. But let's get rid of this stuff because most of us eat in a day a lot of things that we really, we just eat in them. It's not like they are the our passionate food that we love and we could probably trim them back or cut them out um and if we just start with that one thing sometimes that'll trigger another step and another step and i mean this isn't a a sprint it's a marathon right well, you know, part of it's like, I don't want to cut anything out, but I'm willing to add something in. And that's the possibility of maybe doing 30 minutes of walking or doing something like that, you know? And, and yeah. I know that's yeah. not a good idea, but, but but because I don't do either right now. But, you know, it's funny when you think about it, right? Like, think about a, a fatty food like um, mozzarella sticks, right? Yep. Deep fried mozzarella sticks. So you go to a restaurant, you order mozzarella mm. sticks and five arrive and five eat them. And the reason you eat five is because five arrived. Like it's, we, we train, you know what I mean? You're like, you're not thinking whether I should have these or shouldn't have these, or should I just have two? We're letting whoever put the menu together decide well, how big a portion we should be portion eating. Portion size is off the charts. Yeah. Oh. Like you just have to think about it though. Like when you start thinking about it, like, like you just said, Heidi, maybe no pop or maybe instead of a double, double, I ask for milk instead of cream or just a something where you can be reminded, oh, no, for this month, I'm not doing that anymore. And sometimes, you know, honestly, that I think we're used to hearing promotions from the diet industry. And so doing something like that just seems so simple and meager that I think people go, oh, that could never work and don't try it. But the thing is, I mean, let's say you're a, a big soft drink drinker. You're having several cans of pop a day. If you pull out you know, if you're drinking three cans of pop a day and stop that, that's somewhere around 600 calories and upwards of, you know, 80 cubes of sugar that just <laughs> left your day. Hmm. If you're consistent with that, it's going to make a difference. It's yeah. just that, you know, we do hear, I, I agree with you, we hear so much and it's also provocative that something as simple as trimming back pop or swapping out, you know, cream or a whipping cream for, you know, milk and a coffee seems pretty you know it just seems like it couldn't make a difference but it it really can and and it's about just being consistent and that's the other thing is you know you have for to see change you have to make change that you can be consistent with if you can only be good at something for a couple days (laughs) it's probably not going to be successful so just like you know again start with something small and just give it your go and and you know that's likely to be more successful than trying to do a complete nutrition renovation. You're absolutely right. Every morning I feel like I could probably go the whole week without eating. And every evening (laughs) I'm starving.
Yeah. <laughs> you know, and in but, a world where we're surrounded by food, that's like not going to turn out well. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you're hungry. You're going to be hungry, and now you're in a food environment where, you know, cupcakes on a stick or calling oh, your name yeah. or cupcakes pizza on a or stick. what? I mean, it's it's everywhere. I mean, I I would if you even went from the, your studio there in a kilometer radius, I'm sure there's. 20, 30 food outlets. Oh, yeah, and they all know us oh. by first name. I thought, I thought you were talking about what's in the bottom drawer of my desk. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we don't even have to leave the station. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Heidi, thanks for the chat. Always good to talk to you. Yeah, great to talk to you guys, too. Thanks very much. All right, take it easy. Uh, registered dietitian Heidi Bates, and she um, helps train all the dietitians mm-hmm. that come out of the U of A. So always a reminder conversation about what we should and what we shouldn't be doing, and hopefully one day it sticks. Yeah. I had a bit of a cheat weekend, but otherwise I'm on track. Uh, Still to come on the show, Justin Timberlake tickets to give away. He'll Uh be uh, at Rogers Place November 5th with his The Man of the Woods tour. That's right. What does that mean? I don't don't know. You'd have to ask him. Okay. well He's in camo on the cover. (laughs) Really? Yep. A Man of the Woods, Justin Timberlake. Yep, sure. Okay. That's what you like. Maybe he's doing some hunting on his time off. Can you believe, I know we have very little time here, speaking of concerts, Ticketmaster is basically doubling down. Oh, yeah, they're denying. They're denying uh-uh. it. They're saying, we're didn't, not doing it. Yeah, they were shocked by the it undercover yeah, video of one of their employees talking about uh, a scalping, uh, their scalping software, and they, they're they investigating it because they take this sort of thing very seriously. wasn't me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so um, you can read more about that, but they uh, they're, they're they're not doing interviews. They just put out a statement today and said, you know, this is it. It's a PR investigation nightmare. is underway. It's a huge PR nightmare. The thing is, though, is this the only place where you can get tickets from? Right. Or unless you win them here on six thirty. Exactly. The one thing that they do have to fear, though, is legislation coming mm-hmm. in in various jurisdictions against them because they have lied to government. Less than an hour. Well, just about an hour from now, actually. Your word of the day. Your chance to win your way to Montego Bay. The six thirty Chad afternoon news with Jaylen Nye and Andrew Gross weekdays at two on six thirty Chad.